Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. So I always like to say, surround yourself with a group of professionals that can help you make better informed decisions while going through this. It'll make for a much more peaceful divorce settlement and you'll come out of it at least on the road to recovery. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator Lisa Koski for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Koski. Welcome listeners. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I mean, I've got a really timely guest and she's a good friend. She's become a great friend of mine. We've actually collaborated a little bit, but I have Tammy Wallensack back and she is a certified divorce lending professional. What that means is if you're getting divorced and you're worried about what you're going to do with your house, I have you go to Tammy and ask your information. And I think, you know, at this time with the interest rates kind of getting a little bit higher, a lot of people are concerned about that. So Tammy's going to talk us through all kinds of things about keeping your house or not keeping your house. But to begin, Tammy, welcome. And can you just share your story as to what led you to be helping people when they're going through something hard like divorce with their mortgage stuff? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It's always just such a pleasure to be here for your audience, knowing that you're really doing divorce differently and really helping guide people through a very emotional and tumultuous time of their lives. So I always love collaborating with you. So when I realized what a huge gap there was between family law and mortgages is really when I realized that I could make a difference because a lot of people were coming to me post-divorce with their settlement agreements and saying, yay, I get to keep the house because they feel like they won something in their settlement. And then I was having to have a conversation with them about really what that meant for them and what they signed up for. And when I realized that I could help people before they signed their settlement agreement, I've been in lending for 30 years. I don't like to say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) But when I realized that I could make a difference in this respect by helping people before they sign their settlement agreement, by creating different options for them and making them aware of what all the options look like, then they could make a better informed decision for them and their families and ultimately a better divorce, right? A more Mm -hmm. successful divorce for them because knowing what you're signing up for helps bring peace to you and gives you clarity on what that looks like for your post-divorce budget. 
And sometimes that's really, really important to making sure that you know what you're doing and know what you're signing up for. So Right. And Tammy, I so appreciate you because I remember when I first interviewed you, I don't even know how long, it might've been six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of when it hit me. I was missing the boat a little bit. You know, we're always growing and learning, but I was kind of missing talking about the home before we even jumped in to doing the work on the divorce mediation. And it's so true that my clients, if they have kids, that's their number one worry. But the second worry is always the house. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do with it? And that's true all the time. But nowadays, with people mm-hmm. wanting to keep their current interest rates, yeah, it's really, really important. And they want yeah. to know, you know, is this something that, that I can do? So yeah. give us, you know, let's talk about for these people who have questions about that. What are some things that they can be looking at or thinking about? So it's really important that people understand really that the asset that they are negotiating with their spouse is really the equity in the home. It's not the home itself. It's the amount of the mortgage balance. If there's a mortgage on the home, the difference between the mortgage balance and the value of what they agreeing the value is, that's the difference. That's the equity. That's the negotiated piece. And that can be negotiated many different ways. It can be rolled into a new mortgage through a refi or refinance of the home. But then you lose the the current mortgage terms. Like most people, unless they were living, you were living under a rock or something happened, have really good interest rate right now. Mm-hmm. Rates were at an all-time low. They were unprecedented low. So most people have a very good interest rate. So they're really trying to hold on to that. But if there's a large amount of equity that they have to pay their spouse out in order to keep that home, sometimes that's the only option. If there's no other assets to negotiate with, there's not retirement accounts or stock accounts or bank accounts or 401ks or anything like that. And you're just talking about equity. How do you pay your spouse, the person leaving the home mm-hmm. so that you can keep the home. How is that divided? Right. And so that's really what we look at. What are all of those options and how does that affect your budget post-divorce? What does that look like if you are going to have to refinance that mortgage so that you can roll in that new equity piece, pay out your spouse and then own the home outright? Or, you know, what if you could just keep the current mortgage? Is that an option? And, you know, maybe negotiate the equity with other assets or doing something differently or creating a different timeline for what that looks like. But knowing what those options are is really the most important piece, right? And then you can make a better informed decision for you and your family. Absolutely. It helps so much when people know their options. So yes, if you want to refinance and you can afford what the new payment is going to be, but it's going to be different, you know, with a new new rate and something else lumped in. So, I mean, and I know you've spoke before about so many people want to keep their home for their kids and they'll do anything. What are your thoughts on that? Well, that's what I did. (laughs) 
<laughs> and so my thoughts are you have to be tread very cautiously. And I thought that I could do that. And I that was in my settlement that I would keep the marital home. And then I realized not only what an expense that big mortgage payment was, it was all the other stuff, like all the monthly maintenance and you know, I live in Illinois, so it's like fall cleanup and spring cleanup and snow removal and this and that and the other thing and taxes. And so really wrapping your head around what that full budget looks like, not just what the mortgage itself, but how much does it cost to maintain that property and what you're really looking at? And would it make sense to right size your budget at this point? point in time and maybe create a smaller home for yourself, which is what I eventually did. I ended up selling the marital home, downsizing quite a bit. And then I was like, oh, now I can breathe a little bit and I can, you know, I don't feel like I'm under such a a huge financial burden of keeping and maintaining this home. And now I can do some of the things with my children that they want to do, right? They're in sports. They were in travel baseball and like so many things that also cost money that I was really strapped. My budget was really strapped already by this large home. And then when I was able to downsize and do that, then it helped me breathe a little and do some of the lifestyle things that I wanted to do. Right. And I, you know, I can't help but think, so thinking about you being so tight about money and thinking you're doing it for your kids and being all stressed out, When in reality, when you downsize and the stress was lifted, you were putting the air mask on yourself so that you could be there for your kids. And that's what they needed. They didn't need the house. They needed the happy mom who was taking care of herself. Completely. And then, you know, some of the things that they wanted to do that, you know, I made it kind of an adventure for them. It sounds corny, but I was like, let's like, you know, have your, at the time, I want to say it was like Legos and stuff like that, that they were into, you know, like creating their new space for them. And they were concerned that their little friends weren't going to be able to be, they weren't going to be able to see their friends. And I created an environment for them to understand, yes, you can still see your friends and we can still go see Mikey next door. And all the things and I'll take you and it's okay. And, you know, they're, you're going to have a new room and, you know, it's going to be fun. And they're perceiving the divorce the way that you're laying it to them, you know? And I think that with your help, Lisa, you probably talk a lot about that with people. Absolutely. That's my passion, helping those kids through it. That's why I like focusing on the kids and what's right for them. And it's not about having a big giant house and a mortgage that you can't handle. It's about creating a safe space for them and a warm, loving environment for them that they're going to feel okay. Agree. Agree. And now I have to go back a little bit because you you were kind of talking about all the expenses that you realize when you have a home. Do you have some kind of a little cheat sheet that has a list so that people can see Well, we do together. We created an amazing flip book that goes yep. through some of those maintenance items. So I think that if people reach out to you, Lisa, we should 
offered that because it does, it gives a really nice little maintenance checklist of things to consider. And if you, a lot of times in a marriage, I think people divide and conquer, right? They, certain people are responsible for maybe the maintenance items of the home and the other person's responsible for, you know, keeping the kids' schedules or whatever it is. And sometimes you don't cross over because you just know that other person is taking care of it. I know when I moved into the house on my own, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to change the filters in the furnace, you know, before winter comes. Like I didn't know to do that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) just stuff like that, that you take for granted, it's just being taken care of. So having a little checklist for yourself and, and knowing what to do, like if there's a yard, you're going to have to either mow it yourself or you're going to have to hire somebody to do it. So you just know what that budget looks like, I think. Yep. And so that flip book is going to be in the show notes. And I always want people to know there is no shame in the fact that you didn't know that. I always say that about finances too. It's all a learning curve. Of course you didn't know about it. Someone else was taking care of it. But thankfully now we have a resource that they can look at yeah, um, it's on my website. It's probably on your website too. Yes, yes, yeah. See that list of okay, this is what you've got to expect, and get that in your budget when you're looking at divorcing. I think that's for awesome. sure. It's so important, just so that you can go through that checklist and be like, hey, yeah, I'm good. Like this is all I can handle all this, and I know what it is, and that way you're not making any decisions that you're going to be surprised about later. You are very comfortable with what you're, the negotiations that you're putting into your settlement agreement. Right. And you have to have that clarity to be able, it's the first step to know your budget. And a huge piece of that is your home. And so to be able, you can't even negotiate if you don't know that. I mean, it's right. So right. yeah, I always, um, and my clients hate doing the budget, but it's, it brings you clarity. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. It'll bring you clarity to know, and yeah. you'll really be equipped to get right. the work done in the mediation yeah. session. So actually saving yourself some time and heartache on that end by getting it done. Well, I tell people, you know, don't stand firm on a counter productive position, right? If you're going to be like, I'm keeping the house. And then you find out that that's really what that looks like for you. You can give that potentially up and as, you know, an offer to your spouse or, you know, come up with other solutions that are more productive. So true. I have a question for you. I've had some people do this. What are your thoughts on people owning the home together or so they're divorced? And I say, because I want you to design your own divorce. So I say, you can do this how you want. And people own houses together all the time when they're not married. Yeah. Now there's probably, you know, just like parenting when you're divorced, owning a home together, I'm sure is tricky. What are your thoughts on that? Because the thing that gets tricky is it might be that they want to own it for four years until maybe the last kiddo graduates or whatever for the kid. And then the one person is going to take over finances. But then what gets tricky is figuring out, well, when you sell it, what's fair? About splitting the equity. So you you speak on this a little bit. I want to hear what you Yeah, no, I get this all the time. And this is kind of the way that I explain it. So when you're married, 
you hold title of the home and title means the ownership interest in the house, right? That you own this house together. You own title a certain way and it has some protections of in the event that one, something happens to your spouse, right? That you, something happens to your spouse, you own the home 100% at that point. Now, let's say now you're no longer related because of the divorce. So that means you're no longer related to this person. So basically you're in a partnership just like you would be if you were, you know, buying property with your friend. So you is, is a business arrangement now because you're no longer related. So, and I use this, you know, and it might not be the most politically correct kind of example, but let's just say that now you own this property together and the person that leaves the house goes out and they get remarried. Okay. So now they're remarried and you still own this house together and something happens to that person and they get hit by a bus and they're no longer alive. So now guess who you're in business ownership of that house with? Their new spouse. <laughs> okay. So right? that's so interesting because right? I never thought of that. Once again, you're hitting me with things. <laughs> And I need to, and that's okay. I just need yeah. to make sure that people realize. Yeah, that's okay if you're, and you can put protections, right? Yeah. There's ways to protect yourself from the ownership yeah. of how that transfers over that portion of the property. And people go into business relationships with people all the time, but knowing what the risks are, knowing what that means, you don't have a whole title the same way. In Illinois, as soon as you're divorced, the title diverts from tenancy by the entirety to tenants in common. So you need to understand that that transition has happened when the divorce is right, when the divorce happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. interesting. And such a, such a great point for me to um, add. So just know I'm, what your laws are in your yeah. state, what your protections are. And then if you choose to do it and put it in your settlement and you choose because it's right for you and your family owning this property together, then just make sure that it's, you know, that you're, you know how to protect yourself and know how to come up with the valuation once the timeline is over. Right. You have to come up with agreements on what that is. Right. And that's a hard one, right? That, that is tricky. Those details are tricky. I mean, and people are coming up with things. They're coming up with ways to do it. Sure. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's whatever works for you. Yeah. Okay. So now it's, I want to ask you before this winds down about interest rates. Yeah. Everybody and it is scary. And, you know, I couldn't afford as much as I could back when they were lower. And sure. I know my son and his wife are looking to either build or buy. Yeah. And boy, it greatly affects your monthly payment. But what are your thoughts on it? Because I do remember before you saying, marry the, I think you said this. So you, if I'm wrong, correct me. Is it marry the home and date the interest rate or something like that? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right, Lisa. <laughs> so marry the house, date the rate, yeah. right? There so a rate, yes, you have to be very clear that what that mortgage, when you close on your home and your interest rate is high, 
you have to be comfortable with that payment. We, none of us in the industry have a crystal ball. We can't tell you, well, this is only going to be for 12 months and then your interest rate is going to go down and, you know, you, you can drop your payment. None of us know that. And if anybody's telling you that run, because we don't really know, right. there's a lot of prognosticators and people that read the markets and talk about it and they feel like, rates have peaked and we're at a high and that they will go down within the next 12 to 18 months or something like that. But you can't sign up for something on a hope, right? Or a what if. But if you know that you're comfortable with what the payment is today, more than likely rates do rise and fall. And there will be a time in the future that you'll be able to take advantage of a lower interest rate and refinance that home into a more economical interest rate for you. But you should really understand that whatever that payment is that you're signing up for, it's not strapping you today, right? Right. Make sure that that you're clear on what your budget looks like today. And if it, and if down the road, you're able to refinance, great then you can take advantage of that and, you know, have better cash flow. You know, rates do come, they go up, they come down. There's different ways to like figuring out what your, what a payment is for you. Maybe you put more down payment right now. So payment can come down. Even in the negotiations of a divorce, I tell people, you know, you might owe a certain amount. You might have a certain amount of equity and a 50-50 buyout looks one way. But maybe you negotiate it to where you do portion of the buyout through the home and a portion of the buyout through additional assets. It's right. not a one size fits all. It's not like, oh, you have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity and it's fifty thousand, fifty thousand. I mean, it's really right. you can be creative and you can figure out what the payment looks like that you're comfortable with and create the mortgage that works best for your budget. Such a great point. I love that to help people, you know, figure out how much they're going to be paying on that mortgage can be tied to the asset and the buyout. Everything yes. I hadn't really thought about. So that's, yeah. oh, you're making yeah. me a better mediator all the time, Tammy. I love it. Well, you created around, because everybody has a housing budget, right? Yeah. They're going to have to have... I mean, people were like, well, if I, if I can't afford this house, I'm going to have to rent. Well, look at what that rental payment is going to be like. Maybe create the mortgage based on the current market rate, the payment, what you're comfortable with around that and, and negotiate that way. You know, I do a divorce mortgage plan. So I give them multiple options to look at. So good. You're so good. I mean, I recommend you to everyone, Tammy. You're You're so so helpful. Hey, friends, you may have heard me mention my swan analogy, how mediation is a lot like a swan gliding on a lake, not necessarily happy, not necessarily sad, but content, calm, and peaceful. I especially want this for my parents. And in custody cases involving alcohol, it can be very difficult to find peace of mind if you're fearful your child's safety is in jeopardy. Soberlink helps ease these concerns and improve child safety, which is why I recommend it to all my clients who raise concerns over a co-parent's alcohol misuse. 
Soberlink has remote alcohol monitoring technology, allowing parents to receive real-time alerts multiple times a day, ensuring the child is with a sober parent. Similar to mediation, Soberlink is time and cost-effective and worth every penny knowing your child is safe. To begin receiving real-time alerts that your child is safe and to receive $50 off your device, visit www.soberlink.com slash different. So now we're getting to the saddle up segment because the time has flown by, which I knew it would. And this is where I just ask for one little tidbit or piece of advice for the listeners, something they can do right now. So I always like to say, surround yourself with a group of professionals that can help you make better informed decisions while going through this. It'll make for a much more peaceful divorce settlement and you'll come out of it at least on the road to recovery. Amen. That's why I work with you, Tammy. Yeah, same. Love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here and for all the information. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks so much. Take care. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my Parenting Plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to. Or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now. Because when parents work together they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter. 